0: You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Good morning, everyone. We filmed that uh, little bumper video in Neil and Joe's kitchen. No, we didn't. It's good to see you all. Everyone glad to be here? Yeah. Good. Nowhere else you'd rather be right now, is there? This is the best, this is the best place to be. Good. Did you hear the, uh, the person counting earlier during worship? Wasn't that interesting? That's the first time that's happened to you, isn't it? That was, a little, that was a little technical glitch. We're really trying to figure it out. We're not sure what went on this morning. But what you heard is what the band hear all the time. We have to cope. I have to cope with this woman in my ear, right? Every week, all the time, as if I don't know, intro, two, three, four, she says, every time and we, we join in as a band. Anyway, you know now all our secrets. Elon Musk, he bought Twitter, did you know that? And he sacked half the staff and he's trying to make it more efficient. Someone say amen then. Amen. Yeah, Good. Um, what you may not know is that he's also buying YouTube and Facebook, and going to do the same and merge them. Um, it's going to call it Utwitface. Is that's the that's the new product? If there is uh, one thing we know about Elon Musk, because he said it with his own words, he's a man driven by legacy, right? He he really. Legacy is really, really important to him. He's wrote it down in some of the articles he's written. And and when he has interviews, it's quite important to him that he's the guy who helps humanity find a home on another planet. That's his ultimate aim. He wants to be known for that. I mean, it's all right, the, the electric cars he makes and all these other things he dabbles in. But really what he wants to be known for is the man who who found another home for humanity to move to if we ever need to. And that's what he gives his attention to, or used to give his attention fully to that. And um, legacy is really important. It seems to have gripped him. And it grips many people and many organizations. Uh, And there's a lot of talk of, of legacy Elon Musk wants to be remembered for that one thing, even though he has lots of other roles in life. He wants to be remembered for that one thing. We all, I guess, in some way want to be remembered. We heard about Dave Hogg this morning. Um, Dave Dave was here forever. He was on this planet forever, was Dave. He was amazing. And, And we visited him in his last few days. And he's just talking about Jesus all the time. All the time, just Jesus. I mean, now and again, he'll say new life because he wanted to come. And, and, but just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It was amazing to see someone slip away with Jesus on their lips and Jesus in their heart. And, um, and that, that couple, they've given themselves, Dave and Mary, they've given themselves, haven't they? Since they first met Jesus so many decades ago, they've given themselves fully for him. Just expressing him in, in all his wonder. and Whenever there was a, an opportunity to preach, they would preach. Whenever there was opportunity to be light, they would be light. Whenever there was opportunity to share, they would share. And of course, we'll let you know when the, the funeral's taking place. And I hope many of you will, will do your best to sort of swap schedules if you can and be here. And let's, let's, let's celebrate someone who gave themselves to representing Jesus. And and if I'm doing that funeral, that will be an easy one to do. There'll be nothing more joyous. It's, It's great when you get to celebrate the end of life like that, you know. There's one thing as pastors you have to learn to do, though, and I'm not talking about Dave now, but just generally, is sometimes in funerals you don't tell the whole truth. Anyone know that? Sometimes in pastoral ministry you have to have a really good filter And um, because when when you've gone, I mean, I hope it's the same with me, you know, when you've gone at your funeral service or your memorial service, you don't want people to tell the whole truth. You want them to just express you as a really good person. Just take the best bits. And sometimes, you know, and you will know this, you've been to funerals, and I'm there saying, what a beautiful man this was, and he was fantastic, and he loved his family, and he did this kind of thing. And really, I know inside, this was the most cantankerous old git that there's ever been. <laughs> you know, we all want to be remembered for something, but everything we do and how we, how we live, we know it's all still there anyway, don't we? Even though... We have these filters in our life. If I was to read this to you, from poor beginnings, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps, from poverty to riches, but he never forgot the poor of his hometown. He always gave generously to impoverished neighborhoods, saved thousands from homelessness, delivered food and clothing and medication by hand, He was a family man, prioritizing time with his nearest and dearest. Circumstances have sadly taken him away, and he is greatly missed. Who's that? Someone nice, you would think. That's El Chapo, that is, El Chapo, the great leader of the drug cartel, who's murdered so many people and damaged so many people's life across the world. But that would be part of his story. Isn't it interesting how legacy can sometimes get mixed up, right? If he was written up in his hometown, that would be the kind of article in his hometown newspaper. But for the rest of the world... Let's get it. He's not dead yet, by the way. He's still in prison. Let, let's get him locked up in prison. It's, the world is safer, right? Legacy is a, is a funny old thing, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. We are in a series called Essence, and the first part of this series was 18 uh, months ago, and uh, we're in sort of the second season of the series, and we're talking about the flavor, the aroma, part of the, the culture of new life as a, as a corporate identity, but also as us who make it up as individuals. Let me remind you where we've been. We started way back at the beginning by talking about something about new life is this. We, we do faith, not fairy tales. We live in a gritty world. Um, we do Jesus, not God. What does that mean? Well, if you want to know more, you can listen to the podcast and that will come up on another, another screen. But in essence, we understand this, that God, the sovereign Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, deemed it necessary to push to the front of the stage themselves in human form so that they might be accessible to us and grasped by us. And that human form was named Jesus. And we are Christians because the Christ became human. That's what we talked about there. We talked about compass, not clock. We're a church that... is more interested in the compass, our bearing, our trajectory as we get to know Jesus rather than clock, rather than the speed that we do this thing. And then last week we talked about uncertain, not unfaithful. And I know that uh, that struck a chord with a few of you, that when we go through all those times, those many times, those regular times, where we don't have answers and we are just full of questions, either because of trauma or or regular occurrences in our lives, dark times, that the uncertainty doesn't have to turn into unfaithfulness. But we find God, we find Jesus... In those questioning times. And we may emerge out of those questioning times. Still with questions unanswered. Because right now we see through a glass dimly. And one day, the Apostle Paul said. One day we will see him face to face. And all things will be made clear. But now it's fuzzy and dim and dark. And get used to it. And that's why our walk is one not just of fact and pragmatism, but it's, it's one of faith. We learn to trust him. We learn to trust him. Today, we're going to talk about um, lift, not legacy. Can you say that? Lift, not legacy. Legacy. What on earth is going on there, I know you're thinking. Um, all will become clear. But for now, let's read two or three, three passages of Scripture. Very, very short ones. And the first one is from a, a verse in Genesis chapter 11. I'm going to set that up for you. Then we're going to nip to Genesis 12. I'll set that up for you. And then we're going to read a little passage from the New Testament uh, in a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians. This first little passage we're going to read... It is in a section of the Bible called the Tower of, of Babel. And humankind has, has advanced into to be able to form civilizations, societies, and, and we get this sort of fly-on-the-wall account of this society that, that wanted to leave a legacy. Making their mark on the world in a big way was really important to them. And, and we drop into this, this passage like this. So let's, let's read this together. This is what the society said. Come... Let us build for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the sky. So that we may make a name for ourselves. Can you see their need for legacy in that? Come. Let's build for ourselves. Let's build for ourselves a tower that reaches the sky. So that we may make a name for ourselves. And I guess it was opportunity for the leaders to wrangle people together by focusing them on a, on a single act that would bind them together in unity. But actually it was about, we're going to make our stamp on this. world. Well, you'll remember us. You'll remember this place. Now let's skip to the next chapter, interestingly. Genesis chapter 12. And it's about a relationship between God and one man called Abraham. And this is what God says to Abraham. Let's read it together. God said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Can you see the difference? Abraham said nothing. What did Abraham say? Nothing. Nothing. God said, you, I will make your name great. And I will make you a blessing to other people. You will be a blessing because, because I've said it. And there's a big difference between Genesis 11 and Genesis 12. Now let's skip to the New Testament into Galatians chapter 6. It's a letter that Paul the Apostle wrote to this embryonic church, and he's trying to teach them something about behavior and how to live. So let's read this together. Do not be deceived you can't cheat God. We reap what we sow. If we sow to please our fallen nature, we will reap destruction. If we sow to please the Spirit, then we inherit eternal life. So don't weary of doing good. Don't give up on it, because you will reap Therefore, when you have opportunity to do good to everyone, especially your fellow believers. Let's pray, shall we? In fact, why don't we just stand just for a moment. If you're able, just stand, pop your hand near your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for your great sacrifice that you made for us. you've changed us from the inside out and you're still changing us. And we stand here before you now and our hands near our heart because we offer you this. We want to give our heart to you and we want to do it as part of our daily habits. We belong to you, our rescuer, our saviour, our Lord. And so we ask today, as we just Grapple with a thought or two, Lord, that you'll give His ears to hear, and eyes to see, and hearts that obey, and everyone said, "Amen." Wonderful! You can take your seats. If you Google the word "legacy," um, there'll be lots of things uh, fly up, and large. And I did this, and most of the things that appear are related to two things. Not so much a dictionary term appears, but things relating to legacy. And one of the most common things is money. And I'm not going to talk about money at all today, but but the word legacy has been mixed up with just good financial stewardship. In other words, leave, leave a legacy of money, of, of financial worth. Um, leave it for your kids. Leave it for Battersea Dogs Home. Leave it for something else. And And interestingly, actually, that's just good financial stewardship. That's just loving family. That is just making your money work for you. It's not really to do with legacy, but there's a lot of talk out there at the moment and a lot of phraseology to do with this legacy giving. You've probably heard that, legacy giving. You walk into most uh, charities that have got their act together and you'll walk in and you may pick up a leaflet as you go in and how you can give your legacy to keep Lincoln Cathedral going or the dog's home going or whatever, right? Legacy giving. I'm not going to talk about that. That is not where I'm heading at all, but it's just interesting that that's one of the, the first things that floods your screen, if you were to Google the word legacy. The second thing that floods your screen is this. Lots of people ranging from a sort of self-help gurus to uh, life coaches to business management to life management, etc., talk about that actually leaving a legacy is a sign of success. Legacy equals success. Legacy equals success. If you're worth anything, you will leave a legacy. Not of money, just of your place on the world, right? And those two things fill your screen, if you were to Google the word legacy. Money, leave, leave riches to something, to someone. And second, legacy, focus on it. Give yourself to it because when you're gone, you want to make sure that you're remembered, Right? And that's there. Try it for yourself. You can Google those kind of things. Interestingly, if you Google a lot of sermons to do with legacy as well, you can see the word legacy linked to money. And you can see the word legacy linked to success as well. And I just find that interesting. And I'm not saying anything is wrong to do with that. But for me... It's focusing on the wrong thing and that's where I want to head today because I believe that it's something that new life has wrestled with and as individuals we need to wrestle with further in our lives to get something straight. Legacy is a a temptation that we can get wrong on an individual level, uh, on a government level. Isn't it interesting that most governments very quickly want to leave a legacy? Even if they're only in for four years, or five years, or eight years, or curtailed after two years, or six years, or whatever. They want to leave a legacy, and sometimes to the detriment of what the people need right now. But churches can also fall into the trap of thinking of legacy in a wrong way. Way And new life can fall into the trap. And I I talked to you as a a pastor of this church now for over 20 years. And there's been times during its journey where you think, my goodness, we're going to make our mark on North Lincolnshire. As if, like when we've gone, North Lincolnshire better remember us. One, I don't know where we're going. And two, what does that mean? And is it a good thought to have? Legacy is an interesting thing. We must leave our signature on this world. People must miss me when I'm gone. Anyone had that little thought? I have, now and again. My aim today, I guess, is to help us see that God is most honoured, not by us focusing on legacy, but by us focusing on Lift, lift. What do I mean by that? Look, legacy is the lasting difference that you have made on the world, right? Think of legacy as the lasting difference you have made on the world. Think of lift as the continual good you are bringing to the world, right? Legacy is the, con- is the lasting difference you have made to the world, and secretly, we all want to think that we've done that. And lift is the continual good we are bringing to or pouring into the world. It's a, it's a now thing. Yeah, uh, and I always have to try and get these kind of ideas down into pictures f- to, to help me sort of concentrate them so I can get them in my head and keep them in, in my head. And I was thinking of being out in the sea, sort of quarter of a mile offshore in a boat, right? This is what I'm imagining. You're in a boat. There's Dina in a boat, right? She's... There's <laughs> it's just, it's just her and it's one of those... It's not a tail or anything. She's just like... <laughs> there she's gone. She's there. I don't know how you steer a boat, but there she is in a little boat. Now... <clears throat> If she's focused on legacy, this this is what's happening. She's driving a boat around at a heady pace, doing her circles and things. She's (laughs) driving around, and she's looking at the waves she's making, because boats make a a wave, right? And and what she's bothered about is making as big an impression up that cliff face on the shore as possible, right? My boat is going to splash that cliff so high, people are going to notice it going to make the cliff wet and plants will grow where they never grow. I'm going to make sure my wave hits that shore. People are going to notice this, right? And you can focus on that and that can be your live stream. I'm going to make sure that the waves from my boat are going to make a difference on that cliff face. But what's also happening is when you drive a boat is that you're leaving a wake. Right? These little waves behind the boats. And things are affected by that wake. There could be ducks there. There could be jellyfish there. There could be anything. There could be people swimming there. And they're affected by your immediate wake, right? By your waves. So if you focus on the difference your waves are making on the cliff face, you're going to have to go some. You're going to have to go some. And, and you could damage and drown these peoples that are near to you, Right? But people are being affected immediately by what you're doing. Some people focus more on what they want people to say at their wake when we're dead than how people are being affected in our wake as we're alive. And I've been tempted by thinking like that. What are people going to say about me when I'm dead? What are people going to think of me at my wake when I'm dead and gone? Because I want to leave my signature and my mark on this world. Whereas actually, what I'm doing all the time is affecting people who are in my wake. The people I cross paths with every day. The people I mix with every day. The people I communicate with every day. If we focus on making our mark in the distance, we can drown those people closest to us as we go through life. And many people do. We take one big thing and we become besotted by it. and We say, this is going to be my life's thing, whatever the thing is. Is And we will get it at all cost. Have you heard that phrase before? We will get it at all cost. And often it does cost. It costs actually the things that are most important in this world. The encouragement of those closest to us. And as a, as a pastor of a church, we have to wrestle with this on an organizational level. Why Why did we start the Lighthouse? To help people out. out. And you would hope that would remain so pure through it. Tim's here. Tim is the current leader of the the Lighthouse ministry. And he's got a really pure heart and he's leading. But some way along the journey, I know, sometimes you go, "This this, this can't disappear. This has got to make a mark. And so easy for the pure sense of we have got to help these people. To become, my goodness, we're going to be the best there is. Be, the council will be sad if they ever cut our finances, because we're flipping amazing, right? It's really subtle. We're about to celebrate Gifted's ten years. How much flag waving do we do of our thing? It's quite subtle. Thinking about legacy. But also on an individual level as well. It creeps into our thinking, doesn't it? I've got this. I'm going to make sure this happens. And sometimes it's to the detriment of our journey along the way. So, God comes or looks down upon this society in Babylon. And They've sort of got their act together in in so many ways. and, And something's crept into them where they say, let us build a tower that reaches the sky so that we can make a name for ourselves. I don't know all the nitty-gritty that was going on in their thinking and how many committee meetings they had to decide that. What I do know, know this is that when you sniff that kind of phrasing, you go, that's a bit selfish. That's all about them. Nothing particularly wrong with legacy, but this kind of legacy, you're gonna, that's going to be damaging in the end. And sure enough, what happened? God comes on the scene and he looks down at it. Instead of going... That is amazing. What a great project. He goes, I'm going to scatter these people. Why? Because they built a tower? Not because they built a tower, none to do with the tower. Because there was too much of our in it, Uh, and mine, and me, and we will do this to make our name great. That's why they were scattered. There is something about self-centeredness and selfishness that, that God resists. In fact, doesn't it say, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's a simple lesson in life. Let your pride detector always be at the ready. Anyway, there it was. There's that phrase being enacted in Genesis 11. God's pride detector was there. This, this looks self-centered and selfish. I'm going to scatter this. And yet in the next chapter, he comes across one man, Abraham. And there is something about Abraham. There is something in Abraham that pleases God. And God comes to him and says, Abraham, I will make your name great. Don't, you don't even have to think it. Abraham probably never wanted his name to be great. God comes in and overrules his, his humility and says, you're, you're humble, Abraham. Don't you think about being great. I, I will make your name great. Here's what you have to focus on. Be a blessing. I'll make sure that the generations after you are a blessing. That's my job. That's what God says. I'll sort that out. You can't do anything About your legacy. What people think of you. Is what they think of you after you've gone. I can sort that out. And your descendants will be a blessing. Right now. You are blessed. Start now. Start blessing now. Start blessing now. And from that one encounter. We have our scriptures. Without that happening. Without that man being found. Without that, that man with humility in his heart who never wanted to make his name great. And yet God said, we, we have our faith. That's where it comes from. That's what God can do. So focus on being a blessing. Russ, focus on being a blessing. Blessing. Anyone else like planning and strategizing like me? Just admit it and if you do. Yeah. I love it. I'm sure in the past I've said, oh, I live for it. I live for strategizing. What an awful thing to say, really. You know, but, but I do. I sort of need it. I've got, I've got to be something. Got to be something to plan. Got to be something to, to strategize for. Russ, focus on being a blessing. I have no guarantee of tomorrow. That's it. That's. Doesn't sound all that encouraging. What it does mean is this you better put all your eggs in the God basket. How do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. <laughs> now, that's not entirely true, but it's probably a good place to set your level, right? God does want us to plan, God does want us to strategize. It's how we accomplish things, it's how we get from A to B. It's how you decide, do you know what I mean? I am going to be a school teacher. I am, and I'm going to be a good school teacher. And in order to do that, I need to do this. Planning, strategizing is good, but it has to go through this check of, is this my humble service of myself before God? Or is this selfishness and self-centeredness? So focus on being a blessing. Are there any helps to that? Uh, Love mercy. Walk humbly. Act justly. There's three things. The book of Micah. Love mercy. Walk humbly. Act justly. So legacy thinking can be a vanity trap. Do you get that? I want us just to pause for a moment before I and move on. Let's just close our eyes where we are. Lord, we we sit before you now as people who love you, doing our best to follow you, getting to grips with what you desire from us, but we also know we are just fallible, weak humans. And we are all susceptible to the trap of vanity and to the trap of legacy that we want to leave our mark on the world. Sometimes to the expense of being a blessing right now. So I pray as we travel through as individuals and as a church as we travel through life. Let people who are affected by our our wake right now, by the waves and the ripples we make, let them sense good and blessing from us. Let them sense hope and life and light. Let them not sense from us just the the cold pursuit of goals or strategies or aims. Let them them not sense us as distant or aloof, but let them sense us as loving and kind with the aroma of Jesus about us. And Lord, we submit to you our legacy. We will be remembered how you want people to remember us. And we submit that to you. Help us do good now. In your name. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. By the way, let me just say, if you do want to leave any money um, to new life, uh, that's great. My wife knows that um, if my weak emotions had uh, any sway I would leave all my money to Spanish donkey sanctuaries um, and I've shared this before but that is my big weakness but my son and daughter-in-law they're really into watching this uh, there's a program out at the moment about a dog's home I don't know whether anyone watched it it's about a dog's home and families come because they want a, a dog that's been had done to and it's quite a nice program uh, for me if, if you swap dogs for donkeys that's it right? I mean, I would give my last penny to a donkey. There is nothing worse than seeing a sad donkey, (laughs) right? That's been mistreated. Anyway, I'm just sharing that with you. But if you, you know, if it's true, Dina. It's true. I know I've gone down in your estimation now. (laughs) Here's a little final thought, not entirely to do with legacy, but in the same arena as this. And this is something that affects us all. And it's about the tension of carrying the nowness of our life with the not yetness of our life. And as a now 59 year old, I think I've not only got some of the wisdom to be able to share, that, share this, but some of the experience to be able to share it as well. How, how many of us say things like this? When I retire, I will. Mm. When I retire, I'll. Right? Whatever the aisle is. I'll give my attention to this. I'll give my time to this. Or, or when I have enough, when I have enough, I'll be able to give generously or whatever. Or when I feel ready, when I feel ready, I'll, I'll reach out into that area. I'll, when, I, when I feel ready, I'll experiment with that. Or when we've raised our family, that's when we'll give our attention to, right? Whatever it may be that God is calling or placed in you. And, and I guess there's on, in the sense of it there 's nothing wrong with those sentences if they lead you to a conversation about what God wants from us but But I do know this that i 've now bumped into enough people in life people who 've been friends of mine, still are friends of mine and They've said those kind of things and those things have never come to fruition. And they've never come to fruition because of ill health, because of broken marriages, because circumstances have uh, conspired against them, uh, because uh, family has changed, because relationships are broken, because they've died early, because of so many reasons. And I want to encourage you all. I encourage myself in this because I've fallen trapped in this. You know, God... God wants you now, right? He wants you now. If, 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 you, if you know God has placed something inside of where, where you can a- attract wealth and be rich, don't go thinking when I'm rich, I will serve God to the fullest. Uh-uh. Don't do that. There's enough stories in the Bible to put you off that kind of thinking. Give him what you've got Now. Everyone say now. Now. Give him what you've got now. And still when that future comes, if it turns out how you wanted it to, give him what you've got then. But don't rob now for the sake of something in the future. And we can all fall into that those, of, of those kind of sentences. When I retire, I will. When I have enough, I will. When I feel ready, I will. When we've raised our family, we will. So your plan's going to succeed, is it? So you'll have the health and the energy and the passion, then, will you? The energy and the passion, then, will you? You think? See, it's a dangerous, but it's a... A well-meaning cliche, this, and we've got to be careful with it. It looks great on a poster. You'll have seen this on a poster. You'll have had someone come alongside you and put their arm around you and say to you, The best days are yet to come, Dina. Oh, the, Your best days are yet to come, Angie. Yeah? Put your arm around a 103-year-old. Your best days are yet to come, Elsie. Come off it. Seriously. Use the days you've got now. Some days your days are going to run out, right? Some day your days are going to run out. And we give what we've got for God. We give it the best we can now. Because the best isn't always yet to come. The time you're planning for in the future, when you're going to give your, your best to God, you might have had two hip replacements, a, a, wonky, a wonky neck and COPD and whatever. And you're thinking, oh, I wish I'd done it when I was 40. I'm just being honest, Right? The best isn't always yet to come unless you count the paradise of eternity. In that case, I'm with you. Theology wins, okay? The best is yet to come in that there is an eternity ahead of us where there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, and we're going to be with Jesus. But in this life, in this life, this is what you have right now in front of you. It's called now. Be a blessing now. If you have little now, but you believe one day you're going to have much, don't wait for the much until you start being generous to people in every way in your life. If you're impoverished for time now because you're working so hard, don't think when I retire in 15 years time, I'll be able to explore my ministry and my gift in God. You explore it now while you're working with people now, while you've got the energy, now. While, he de- while God dare say to you now, would you mind giving that up now? We have now. Now, that's not directly related to legacy, but it's still in the same idea. Affect people for good here and now where you work Where you do your hobbies, where you do your recreation, where you live. Do it now. Galatians chapter 6 verses 8 to 10. I wonder if we could pop it on the screen again. We read it earlier. Here's the advice that Paul said to this church. And maybe he's saying it to us now as a corporate body. But he's also saying it to us as individuals. Do not be deceived. You can't cheat God. We reap what we sow. God's just decided that. And you can't cheat him. He's decided it. It's as good as a law. If we sow to please our fallen nature, if we we sow to please selfishness, we will reap destruction. If we sow to please the Spirit, then we will inherit eternal life. So, don't weary of doing good. Don't give up on it, because you will reap. Therefore, when you have what? Oh, when you have? Opportunity. Even louder. When you have? Do good to everyone. everyone. Therefore, when you have opportunity, do good to everyone. And especially, says Paul. Those in the family of believers. Let's pray. Lord, we have an understanding that you know us better than you know ourselves. You know how we're wired, you know what matters to us, you know our dreams, our ambitions. You know what opportunities come our way and you've placed within us uh, this mix of gift and talent and skill and acquired learning and doses of wisdom and bits of passion and burdens on our heart and you've, you've, you've cooked this wonderful meal inside of us that people around us need and they need it now. And I ask, Lord, that you help us as a church, as a whole, in how we think about ministry and programs and projects, to get to grips with that, to be a now church, and then let you take care of the legacy. But I also ask, Lord, for each individual here present this morning, through your Holy Spirit, even even now, would you remind them what they have inside of them? And what might be going to waste because they are focused on the future. Lord, if you need to comfort people, do it now. If you need to challenge people, do it now. But let us leave this place with an essence of being those who you can rely on to bless. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.